At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from the Washington Post wherever you listen. This is the Nightcap with Tim Murray and Super Bowl champion Sean King on VSIN, the sports betting network. Hour two of the nightcap here on VEASAN alongside Scott Seidenberg, the normal host of The Look Ahead, sitting in for Sean King tonight. I am Tim Murray. We've got the final game of week two of the preseason concluding. J-E-T-S. Jets, Jets, Jets. (laughs) I mean, Fireman Ed's got to be fired up tonight. Did he come back? I know he retired. Oh, yeah, he came back. He came back. But, you know, it's got to be fired up. Jets are about to get a win. Look like such. About to put a dub on the board. Look like such a, a wonderful evening uh, there <laughs> in New York with uh, rain falling down. Uh, Falcons led at one point sixteen to nothing, and uh, they will fall. Uh, looks like twenty four to sixteen here. The Jets coming back. You're undefeated. Could have got a nice uh, New York Jets. Could have got a nice little comeback here on the uh, on the line if you had taken the. Uh, New York Jets. When we took when we hit the air, uh, Scott, it was sixteen to three. I think the live yeah. line was fifteen and a half. It was sixteen nothing. The Jets had a field goal uh, as time expired to end the first half, which made it sixteen three going to the second half. All right, twenty four to sixteen. There uh, is the score, and uh, we'll continue our summer conditioning, previewing every team in the NFL. We're down to our final division. And it is the AFC West, and maybe we left the best for last from top to bottom, and we start with the team that I think you could argue has the most intrigue heading into this year, and that, of course, would be the Denver Broncos. We bring in Ryan O'Halloran, who covers the Denver Broncos, uh, and uh, you can follow Ryan on Twitter, at Ryan O'Halloran for the Denver Post, of course. Ryan, you got to start with Russell Wilson. Uh, You know, everyone kind of pointed out, hey, this team is a quarterback away, this team's a quarterback away. Denver goes out, they make the blockbuster deal, they bring in a Hall of Famer. Uh, what is just the feel in Denver, and uh, how much, in your opinion, does this make the Broncos a not only AFC West contender, but a contender to win the Super Bowl? Well, fellas, good to join you tonight. Uh, I mean, it is a night and day uh, type of vibe around the city, around the organization because they have the quarterback and they didn't try to piecemeal it. They didn't try half measures like they have the last couple of years. They didn't bank on a, you know, a draft pick like Drew Locke. You know, they took a big swing with Russell Wilson. And uh, I, I, I don't think it gets them to the, into the AFC title conversation because they do have some other issues, 
And I, I still think they're third in the division, but that's going to mean they're going to make the playoffs. They go 10 and seven. So uh, I think it's, uh, you know, they're back to being relevant for the first time in seven years. Which wide receiver is really emerging in uh, as a, based on what you've seen so far early on as a potential go-to target for Russell Wilson? Yeah, it's tough to answer. Uh, they just don't do a lot of footballs. I mean, they just do 11 on 11. So, you're, you, you know, those one-on-ones where you can really evaluate that, they haven't played it all in the games. I do think Cortland Sutton will lead this team in catches year two off his ACL of September of uh, 2020. And I think Jerry Judy will be the second guy. You know, Tim Patrick was such a reliable player, so good in the red zone, mm-hmm. never dropped passes. You know, he tore his ACL. There aren't any excuses for Cortland and Jerry. They're going to get their touches. Uh, KJ Hamler, you know, returned to teamwork, you know, this week after his, uh, you know, sort of got rested with the knee. But, you know, this passing game is going to go through Sutton and Judy. Talk with us again to Ryan O'Halloran, beat reporter for the Broncos from the uh, up from the Denver Post. Uh, offensive line uh, has has been a bit of a question mark uh, for this team. Um, you know, how do you look at that offensive line heading into this season? Do you believe they have taken a, a bit of a step forward? Yeah, t- I wouldn't say that, but I think there are like a lot of teams' offensive lines at this point in the preseason. You feel good about two or three guys. You have a little bit of confidence in a fourth guy, and then the fifth spot's up for grabs. That's exactly what's happening here. Right tackle is still up for competition. They want Billy Turner, the veteran coming from Green Bay. They want him to win that job and play in week one. Can't get on the field. Has, hasn't put practiced in team at all. Has only gone through a couple of days of individuals, so the clock is ticking there. Uh, I think uh, Lloyd Cushenberry at center, unfairly maligned by this media market last year. He's a perfect fit for this zone scheme where you've got to get off the ball. You've got to get upfield. He's very athletic. And at left tackle, Garrett Bowles needs to be better. Uh, Quinn Miners, second-year right guard. They should feel good about him. What type of impact are they expecting from Randy Gregory? Well, they, they, they took a lot of money into him. Who's missed, and he's missed a lot of games throughout the years for discipline and injuries. You know, basically, he's replacing Von Miller, who they traded at midseason playing opposite of Bradley Chubb. I mean, they, they, their expectations should be that him and Chubb both get the double-digit sacks with a Wilson-led offense. They feel like they'll have to lead more in the fourth quarter of games. That means uh, pass rushing opportunities. So I think a double-digit sack season should be the expectation for Randy Gregory. Mm. Ryan O'Halloran joining us, covers the Broncos for the Denver Post. It, it's funny, most teams... If they have a new head coach, we lead with that. But because of the acquisition of Russell Wilson and just the overall intrigue about the Denver Broncos, you know, it, it feels like, at least nationally, Ryan, I'm sure it, it, it feels different there in the Mile High City, but at least nationally it feels like, oh, yeah, they've got a new head coach. We, we completely forgot about that. A guy who's never been a head coach before. So, you know, it's hard to, to glean on anything. You know, uh, I know O'Connell in Minnesota has, has kind of, gotten a lot of positive publicity, especially with the the Zimmer kind of disaster there. Uh, What have you gathered so far with Nathaniel Hackett taking over that job uh, from Green Bay? Well, you know, he's brought a a level of enthusiasm. And the Broncos went, you know, straight out of chapter one of a playbook. Hire the coach that is literally the opposite of the guy you had. And and that's what they did. And I think think what's going to help Hackett, who's also going to be the play caller on offense, He's done the play calling stuff before. He did it in Buffalo, did it in Jacksonville. I think that will help him transition to now where he's calling the plays, 
and managing the game. But the smartest decision he's made so far is he's letting Russell Wilson have ownership of this offense. You know, you, you hear various things about how maybe that did not happen in Seattle, but you know, one, one thing that Hackett talks about, and he said it today, he goes, he's already talking to Wilson about some Seattle stuff and that game's three weeks from tonight. So uh, I, I think Nate's making the smart decision there. And there's no question that as a play caller, he is going to he is going to devise up some mismatches that, that that the offense will be able to take advantage of. Ryan, what's your take on this schedule? You know, a couple of you know, I don't want to call them soft games. It's the NFL; anything can happen. But uh, they'll be favored in the first two games against Seattle and then Houston. But then a rough stretch of four really competitive teams in the 49ers, Raiders, Colts, and Chargers. Looking at this schedule overall, what's your assessment? Yeah. Two things. They got to start 2-0, and Seahawks and Texans, and they got to be 6-2 and at their bye. And you mentioned that four-game stretch there. If they, can, if, they can, if they can start fast, and that includes a win over the Niners, uh, who Trey Lance is going to be, I think is going to be very good. But in that primetime atmosphere, atmosphere, got to take advantage of that. And then after that four-game stretch you mentioned, they got the Jets at home and the Jaguars in London. Must-win games. And especially in this division, you cannot afford to stub your toe and, and what, what about those, those uh, Chargers game on the road, Raiders game on the road? If you can steal a division road win in the AFC West, you, know, you got a pretty good chip on your side. And so that's, that's my schedule take. And then after the bye, Chiefs twice, Cardinals, Rams, Ravens. I think the Panthers are going to be you know, a lot better with Baker Mayfield. So they got to they gotta make hay in the first half of the season. Ryan, the win total right now uh, at most sports books has has been bet up all the way to ten, and it, it's not that surprising when you look at you know everything that's happened this off season, and, and you know I think just the overall excitement around this Denver team. When you look at that schedule, which I think based off of you know preseason win totals, it's about middle of the pack, around sixteenth or seventeenth most difficult uh, or easiest, however you want to look at it. Uh, as you talked about that stretch, so. When you look at 10 wins, is, is that about what you anticipate from this uh, Broncos team this year? Yeah, that's right on the mark. That's where I got them. You know, if it was, uh, if it was 10 and a half, I'd bet the under. If it was nine and a half, I'd bet, uh, bet the over. Uh, and, and we talked about that schedule is six and, you know, if they go six and two first half of the season, they come off that bye, they play at Tennessee. That's where I think you are going to start to see what this team is about. And, you know, one thing that I've talked to other people about, about the AFC West is they all play the same teams pretty much. It's going to come down to maybe they all play the AFC South. You, you got to clean up on that division. Got to beat the Jags, got to beat the Texans, and then beat the Titans and the Colts. Whoever, you know, if, it, if one of these teams loses the Jacksonville or Houston, it may cost them a playoff berth, but I do have them at 10 and 7. Javante Williams had uh, just under 1,000 yards last year, 903 yards. Is he poised to have another season, similar numbers? Do you think he eclipses the 1,000-yard mark this year? Yeah, it's a fantasy nightmare. Uh, you know, Javante and Melvin Gordon had exactly the same amount of carries last year. I don't think it will be that even or 100% even. I do think they want Williams to sort of establish himself in his second year and I, th- I think in, in retrospect, they did a nice job with him last year because he was never the guy at North Carolina in terms of workload. So ease him in, get him used to the game. And I do think he'll go over 1,000 yards. And I think where Melvin Gordon's going to have an impact is he's still a fine runner, but 
they really, I think, are going to do a lot of things with him in the passing game where you split him out wide, try and get him against a, a linebacker or a safety where he can win that route. And that's almost like a, a bonus touch for a running back because it's less wear and tear. He is Ryan O'Halloran, covers the Broncos for the Denver Post. Follow him on Twitter, at Ryan O'Halloran. Ryan, appreciate it, man. We'll talk to you soon. All right, fellas. Take care now. There he is, Ryan O'Halloran, uh, breaking down the Denver Broncos, which we are going to continue to do as it is the summer conditioning segment, the AFC West starting it today. Uh, if you're wondering, it has gone final at MetLife Stadium. Jets a winner, 24-16. to The over <laughs> hits. The Jets cover the spread. It's the nightcap coming on back after this. Take the more. At Bed three six five, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Alongside Scott Seidenberg, Tim Murray with you. Scott sitting in for Sean tonight as Scott, uh, the normal host of The Look Ahead, of course, coming on down and uh, helping us out. We're talking some Denver Broncos. We'll get into some baseball. Uh, as I think you tweeted out, pretty quiet night. Nothing too crazy. I mean, Jordan Montgomery, mm-hmm. we hit on, was, was absolutely spectacular. Stud. 99 pitches, complete game shutout for Jordan Montgomery. He has allowed what one earned run in twenty five and two thirds. So we've yeah uh, one earned run in four starts with the Cardinals. So we have how many games on the slate today? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine game slate. Uh, looks like unders could go eight and one. Wow! On this slate, we had a six four game in the early game between the White Sox and the Royals, but every game tonight so far has gone under the total two one four one four two two one two one one nothing. So yeah, one nothing right now out in uh, L.A. with the Dodgers mm-hmm. and the Brewers. That one bottom of the fourth, the uh, Brewers just getting on the board. And the Marlins have three runs tonight. Let's keep an eye on that because they have scored three or less runs in twenty-one of their last twenty-two games. <laughs> so the total, I believe, in this game was three and a half team total on the Marlins. It is the sixth inning. Let us keep an eye for a potential rare fourth run for the Miami Marlins. All right, Scott, we just talked to Ryan O'Halloran, who covers the uh, Broncos for the Denver Post. And uh, the AFC West is, 
I don't know if there's much argument from top to bottom, best division in football. Yeah, I mean, we talked to Patrick Everson earlier, and he reiterated, you know, the the Raiders are the lowest odds for a fourth place finisher. And, and to explain that better is they are they have the lowest odds in their division, but of all the divisions, if you take the team that the fourth that has the fourth lowest odds to win that division, they are the shortest among every other team in every division in yeah, football. Only plus 650 for a team <laughs> that is it is in last place per the odds. Yeah. I mean, to, for, for, for comparison's sake, the team that played tonight, the Atlanta Falcons, they're 30 to one uh, to win their division uh, because they're thought to be arguably the worst team in all of football. So we're talking Broncos. They're plus 260 to win the division. By the way, you look at those odds right now if you're joining us on vcin.com or YouTube TV, wherever you may be, or if you're driving in your cars, we'll, we'll reiterate them for you. Chiefs are plus 175. Chargers plus 220. Broncos plus 260. Raiders plus 650 to win the division. The Chiefs have the, the longest odds of any favorite in the NFL. Once again, comparison's sake, at BetMGM earlier today, actually right now, the Buccaneers, they're minus 275 to win that mm. division. They are the heaviest favorite to win uh, their respective division, which I think might come as a surprise to some. So when you look at, you bring in Russell Wilson, you add in a new head coach in Nathaniel Hackett, uh, getting rid of Vic Fangio. Um, they do have a, as Warren Sharp pointed out in his write-up, uh, of why to bet the over and why to bet the under. Uh, he said something that, you know, to point out is, the passing offense is going to have a big step forward. The Broncos are the benefactors of the easiest strength of schedule of opposing pass defenses this upcoming season. Now, their schedule in its entirety is not the easiest. It's actually more difficult than what it was last year. Last year, they had the sixth easiest schedule. This year, it's middle of the pack, around 16th or 17th, depending you know, on how you, uh, how you break it down. Von Miller's gone. They bring in Randy Gregory. They lose Tim Patrick during training camp with a torn ACL. Uh, Patrick Sertan enters year two as a corner. Uh, Kawan Williams will be the starter on the other side. So big offseason acquisition there uh, for the Denver Broncos. Um, you know, I'll, I'll be honest. On this team, you know, we'll, we'll do the props and the season totals. Maybe I can convince there, Scott. But nothing specifically for the Broncos is jumping out at me because – that win total has been bet up all the way to 10 already for a team that is projected to finish third in the division. Yeah, the only way I can really see this is by betting an under on an inflated number. Um, if there's a 10.5 out there, I would bet the under on the 10.5. Uh, if you see an 11 at some point, I would take the under on the uh, 11. Uh, but I don't know if you'll find that besides maybe looking at an alternate total with the odds. I think that there's a lot of hype with good reason. It's name recognition, though. Is it because this team really has the talent to win this division and make a playoff run? I'm not so sure. I don't know how sold I am on the Broncos getting past the Chargers and the Chiefs in this division. You know, you look at this team, and it has been, in my opinion, really overlooked that, Yes, you have a new starting quarterback. That should be an upgrade. It is an upgrade. All right, mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's it's obviously an upgrade. He's he's better than Teddy Bridgewater. He's a better than uh, yeah. Drew Locke. He's a top, you know, ten quarterback in the league. Some argue top five. Whatever. He, he's a Hall of Fame quarterback, and he's a massive upgrade. However, this is 
a new head coach, mm-hmm. a new offense coordinator, a new defense coordinator, and a new quarterback all coming in, yep. and the expectations have jumped through the roof. There is going to be a little bit of a learning process. And, you know, talking to uh, Ryan O'Halloran just a moment ago, there were a bunch of games, Scott, that it was, well, they have to win this game. You know, there was no, well, you know, if they split this, it was right out of the chute. You go to Seattle. I mean, Seattle, we all anticipate, will not be very good this year. But that place on a Monday night, with mm-hmm. Russell Wilson returning, yep. yep. oh my God, that place is going to be juiced to the max. Now, once again, based off the betting odds and based off the talent that's on their roster, Scott, they should win that game. But, you know, crazy things happen in week one of the season when you're on the road with, a, with an atmosphere that's never going to be more electric uh, for Seattle all season long. You play the Texans week two, sizable favorite. But then look at the next stretch, as you pointed out. Four straight games, 49ers. Arguably, the you know, some people think could win the NFC this year. The Raiders, no slouch there. That's here in Allegiant and Las Vegas. Home to the Colts, the favorites to win the AFC South, and then at the Chargers, you know, a, a team that many believe could win the AFC uh, West this season. So Ryan O'Halloran said, "You got to start two and zero. I don't disagree. I mean, you really do because those next four games, week three through six, are no no." Uh, walk in the park. And it, yes, you do avoid the Chiefs until the second half of the season, but you play them twice in such you know pro- close proximity. That second half of the season really is a gauntlet as well. You know, Ryan said six and two at the bye. I honestly think it could be four and four by the bye. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you look at how they walk into the bye: Jets, Jaguars, um, and then after the bye, it's Titans, Raiders, Panthers manageable, but the back, I mean, that last stretch, man, whoo, at, at the this, Ravens. Look at this run of games. Ravens, Chiefs, Cardinals, Rams, Chiefs, Chargers. That is a gauntlet. Every single week, you have to get up for a Super Bowl contender. Maybe the Cardinals, the weakest one out of that group, but the Chiefs twice in a month and the Rams and Chargers? Come on. That's a, that's a difficult stretch for any team, let alone a team that has aspirations of winning over 10 games. I can't see it. Yeah, uh, right now it's 10, uh, minus 110 both ways. So my assumption and guess would be that's where it's going to stand uh, when the season starts. I, I, would, I think people have betted enough to move it to where it's at right now, mm-hmm. Scott, and you know, just based off the juice, maybe the juice will move a little bit, but I would be surprised if we get to a 10 and a half. But I'm with you. If you see a 10.5, I would play the under uh, on the Broncos. Look, betting against Russell Wilson is is never really a, a joyous well, occasion. Like, I'm going to bet against Russell Wilson because I don't think – I think the under 4,100 yards is the play on Russell Wilson. He's only eclipsed 4,000 yards, what, four times? One, two, three, four times in 10 seasons? Now, all of a sudden, he's on a Broncos team that, yeah, okay, you got the old Packers offensive coordinator as your head coach now, but it ain't like Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers are, are connecting here. Yeah, I like his, I like Cortland Sutton. I like KJ Hamler. Okay. I, you know, Jerry I like Judy. I like Jerry Judy, but it ain't DK Metcalf, right? I, I just think that Russell Wilson, again, for over 4,000 yards, only four times in his 10 year career. Now, all of a sudden, he's in Denver at the altitude. Throw the ball a little deeper. 
Now I'm going to get over 4,100 yards? No. Under's the way to go, and you're one injury away from just cashing this thing easily. Odds to win the AFC West at DraftKings, plus 260. To make the playoffs, minus 145. So a favorite to make the playoffs. To miss the playoffs at plus 120. Uh, Odds to win the AFC, plus 850. Super Bowl is 16 to 1. It won't be easy, year one. Certainly a step in the right direction, but uh, it's a pass for me. It's an under for Scott on uh, on what to do with the Denver Broncos in 2022. All right, we'll take a look at some of those season total props, as Scott alluded to, under Russell Wilson's passing Mm -hmm. yards, 4,100. Javante Williams, Cortland Sutton, maybe some player awards. Anything jump out as we continue summer conditioning. Discussing the Denver Broncos right here on the Nightcap. Vsin.com today. This is the Nightcap on Vsin, the sports betting network. Cash, join the action on the pitch with the Heineken 2022 Soccer Prediction Challenge. Compete in 20 free-to-play pools this season for your shot at a share of $100,000 in total cash prizes. Head to DraftKings.com slash Heineken. Now to start your run at victory. Heineken, beer made better. 21 and over only. Terms and conditions. Other eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings or DraftKings.com for details. Drink responsibly. The uh, hesitation I had there was bases loaded for the Dodgers, bottom of the fourth, Scott, and the Brewers get out of it just to fly out to uh, end the inning there. So Hey, how about that? Still one nothing out in L.A., and uh, with that lineup that L.A. has, I wouldn't be super comfortable yet uh, for the <laughs> Brewers, especially the way their bullpen is, uh, has uh, gone about it as of late. But uh, a big one for the Brewers as, once again, Cardinals won tonight, eight in a row. I believe 18 of 22 now for the Cardinals. And uh, right now the Dodgers and Brewers uh, beginning of a three-game series out in Los Angeles. Luis Urias hit a homer, and that is the uh, only run so far in that game uh, at this point in time. It's been a night of unders in Major League Baseball. It has been, yeah. The only over was the one-day game. (laughs) And it is right now, what, three to nothing? Miami leading at uh, Oakland, uh, top of the seventh. So we'll see if uh, the unders continue to cash uh, tonight in Major League Baseball. All right, wrapping things up here on the Denver Broncos. Uh, you are more, a little more um, bullish on the under than I am. I wouldn't play the over. Uh, I do feel like this has been uh, bet up a little too much. Um, if I had to play it, I would play the under. Um, you know, schedule's a bit challenging. Some some landmines out there. First-time head coach, new defensive coordinator. Yes, Russell Wilson's really, really good and uh, an upgrade over what they had last year, but is he that big of an upgrade? Um, Randy Gregory comes in uh, for Von Miller. Von Miller's a guy who missed a ton uh, of time last year, so this is a team that, uh, as was pointed out, lost uh, – uh, finished the season with 76.1 adjusted games lost, the third highest in the league. So certainly injuries uh, were were not on their side. Tim Patrick lost uh, for the year already. Uh, 
Let's get into Russell Wilson. You mentioned it, and uh, let's just bring it back to it. Over-under right now on passing yards, Scott, 4,100. Passing touchdowns, 31.5. And, and interceptions, 10.5. You like the under on the passing yards. Yeah. As for touchdowns and interceptions, either one of those jumping out at you. Uh, I mean, only six interceptions last year. Um, I don't know. And and he's gotten 13 in 2020. And he's got, yeah, but he's gotten single digits in what? One, two, three, four, five, six years. Yep. He's thrown single digit interceptions. So I don't know if I would bank on over 10 and a half interceptions. Uh, I do like the under in the passing yards and then the touchdowns. I have no read on that because he's, you know, certainly capable and the way that the NFL is played now, all it takes is a couple of these, uh, pop passes at the goal line. And then all of a sudden the quarterback's touchdown numbers go up, right? It's actually a handoff, but it winds up being a little shovel pass, pop pass goes in as a throwing touchdown. So I don't really like playing that market, but Unders are the way to go when it comes to props. That's the most profitable way to handle the prop market is to bet player unders. You're always one injury away from an easy cash. And uh, Russell Wilson has only thrown, as I said, 4,000 yards four times in his 10-year career. Yeah, I, the uh, the interceptions under uh, is an interesting one to me. As you mentioned, you know, in his career uh, that started in 2012, he's only had three seasons in which he's gone over Ten and a half. Two of those seasons, sixteen and seventeen. Scott, he had eleven. Yeah, he had thirteen in twenty twenty. But I do look at the backfield that they have there, and and you know, hearing from uh, Ryan O'Halloran, he alluded to that you know this might be more of the situation of hey, you know, let Russ cook. Right, that was the whole mantra up in Seattle that Pete Carroll was holding him back, and from the sounds of it, maybe. Nathaniel Hacken will be allowing him to to kind of do a little bit more, be a, more, a little more more aggressive. But when you have Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon in that backfield, I mean, that's a really talented two-headed monster. So I think they're going to rely on that a decent amount. And I, I would be surprised if Russell Wilson has 11 or more interceptions mm-hmm. this year. So of those three, I would say under 10.5 interceptions would be the one that uh, that intrigues me the most. Uh, as for Russell Wilson winning either MVP or Offensive Player of the Year, more often than not, you're going to have to be one of the top teams in the league, Scott. So from the sounds of it, 14-1 to 1 for Russell Wilson, who has never received a first-place MVP vote, do you seem like that trend will likely continue? Yeah, I think if you, you're better off just betting the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. Right? I mean, come on. If you think that Russell Wilson's going to be in a position – to be the MVP at 14 to 1, you can get a better number on the Broncos to win the Super Bowl. Or you can get, you know, probably a good number on the Broncos, a, a comparable number on them to uh, win the AFC. Well, actually, no, it's less than 10 to 1 to win the AFC. But I, I, I don't see it. I don't see this Broncos team being good enough for Russell Wilson to put up the numbers enough to be the MVP. There's, there's plays in the division I like more than him. I like Justin Herbert in the division more than I like him to be the MVP. So we look at Javante Williams, and I would either under or pass on Javante Williams. Uh, you know, so we had nine oh three last year, right? And if you think it's going to be less of a split than it was last year, then theoretically he should have no problem going over nine forty five. The issue is, do you think it's going to be less of a split than it was last? I mean, year? look at that. That is wild to look at. Melvin Gordon, two hundred and three carries. Javante Williams, 203 carries. <laughs> they were both almost identical in yardage. 
Melvin Gordon, 918. Javante Williams, 903. And uh, Melvin Gordon was able to find the end zone more, so it was more of the, the goal line guy. But uh, eight touchdowns to three. I mean, that is crazy to look at the, uh, the, the, the pure split there. Um, yes, Melvin Gordon, or excuse me, Javante Williams should be getting more of the bulk, but will he get more of the bulk? That is the, the massive question, and, and will you play this? So uh, it would be a pass for me. The touchdowns are interesting because obviously last year, you know, was that a, uh, a situation where, you know, they, they shied away from him at the goal line, Scott? Uh, he scored those touchdowns later on in the season. Three of his touchdowns came after Thanksgiving. Uh, so maybe as the year goes on, uh, it's a situation where, um, you know, last year went on. So maybe they started to realize there with Javante Williams. So, uh, yeah, pass for me on both of those. But, you know, hearing from Ryan, he, he did seem to indicate that he felt like Javante Williams – is going to get more than 50% of the carries as opposed to last year. Yeah, and so that would lead you to believe that there's an over. I just don't like playing overs on player props because, again, you're one injury away from the under just coming in. Cortland Sutton, Jerry Juden, uh, Jerry Judy, 950 and 905. Uh, obviously, with the Tim Patrick injury, uh, that's a situation where you would think both of these guys will get uh, a little bit more uh, a little bit more looks this upcoming season. You know, Jerry Judy last year, um, you know, played in just 10 games, was was hurt, um, you know, and then receiving-wise, Cortland Sutton led the team in uh, in receiving receptions and uh, actually was second on the team to Noah Fant. Uh, but 776 receiving yards, uh, only two touchdowns, but obviously uh, a much different quarterback now in town than Russell Wilson. So 950 and 905, the two receiver props to look at uh, when it comes to the Denver Broncos uh, as for any of the player of the year awards, once again, it seems like both you and I kind of in the similar mindset. So I would think nothing really jumps out at you, Scott, uh, when it comes to uh, player of the year market. No, I mean, Bradley Chubb, defensive player of the year. Could you see something like that happening? Uh, you, you know, you're certainly going to have the ability in uh, marquee games against some of the better offenses in football, so you, know, you take Patrick Mahomes down a couple of times, you take Herbert down a couple of times, and you get national recognition, but I don't see him as a guy that's going to lead the league in sacks uh, or tackles for loss or, or certainly turnovers, so I can't, I don't like the bet there. All right, just to wrap things up on the Denver Broncos, win total of 10. Um, Scott likes the under. Uh, a pass for me would lean under uh, if I had to play it uh, to make the playoffs minus 145. So miss the playoffs plus one twenty. That could be a way to go uh, if you think the Broncos might be a, a bit of a a fade this year. Get a little plus money as opposed to laying the minus one ten both ways. There, uh, week one though. Wrap up on this. Um, you can get six. Denver is laying six. I would wait on this bad boy mm. because I think it's going to go up. I can almost tell you right now. I'm probably going to be on Seattle. Everybody in their mother will be on Denver week one. And I'll understand why, but this is going to be a game, uh, Scott, where, you know, people are going to be uh, laying it with the Broncos on the road. A lot of emotions, a lot of emotions in that game with Russell Wilson making his return. That's Scott Seidenberg. I'm Tim Murray. Oh, bad beats are on. I remember this game. This game was a yeah. We I, I hit the Mariners in that game. Seattle and, and Los <laughs> Angeles. That was uh, that was something. We'll take a look at what is uh, unfolded today in the world of Major League Baseball next, right here on the Nightcap.
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. There's a lot happening these days, but I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the seven most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about seven minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. This is the Nightcap on VSIN, the sports betting network. The College Football Guide is out now, and the NFL NFL Guide, that is, drops this Thursday. Start your football season on the right foot with expert profiles of every team, including team trends, power ratings, and over-under recommendations. Plus, best bets on season win totals, division finishes, and player awards. Remember, the only way to get access to this year's football betting guide is to become a VEASAN all-access subscriber. Sign up on our discounted football special. And get all access to everything we do from now through the Super Bowl for only 175 bucks, Or save 50% off the monthly price with an annual subscription and bet smarter all year long. Go to vcin.com slash subscribe for all your options to become part of the Sports Betting Network. Alongside Scott Seidenberg, I am Tim Murray. It is the nightcap here on VEASAN. Scott in for Sean tonight. One preseason game this evening. Wrapped up Jets beating the Falcons, coming from 16 down, 24-16 the final score. Over does hit, uh, so another over as uh, the overs now 21 and 11. They mm. wrap up seven and nine though uh, this week, so a little bit of regression, but not uh, not a ton. And the Jets were, I believe, the favorite tonight, so they uh, were able to uh, get another victory for the favorites, which is almost split right down the yes. middle. Uh, it is now, I believe, 17. No, actually, I beg your pardon. Atlanta was the favorite, so apologies there. Mm. Uh, underdogs, now 18 and 14. I want to get to baseball here in just a moment. We're going to talk some college football top of the hour uh, with Colin Wilson and uh, continue our most intriguing top 10 teams uh, discussion. We'll do a little NC State talk uh, later on in the show. But uh, before we jump into baseball, Scott, uh, Baker Mayfield officially named the starter for the Panthers. I don't think this. Wow, is a big what yeah. a shock! Yeah. Oh no, this was such a battle. The c- congratulations, Baker won out. He beat Sam Darnold in what was a nail biter of a decision for Matt Rule. Come on, you made a trade for you. You don't trade for Baker Mayfield unless he's going to be your starting quarterback. This was. Just ridiculous that this was even a competition. And I get it. You don't want to, you know, do it to Sam Darnold like that. You want to give him some hope. You maybe you want to push Baker a little bit. But even Baker knew that he was coming here to be the starting quarterback. You don't take a pay cut to get traded to a team to then sit on the bench and hold a clipboard. 
we all knew that Baker was going to be the starting quarterback. Yeah, it is. Uh, it was officially official today. Uh, they are a slight favorite week one. Uh, once again, we just talked about the Denver Broncos week one as Denver visits Seattle. And of course, Carolina gets to host the Cleveland Browns. And depending on where you look, either a one or one and a half point favorite in favor of the Carolina Panthers. So if the Panthers are able to get that win, you know, the six and a half is kind of an interesting number because I personally believe Atlanta is the worst team in the NFL. Uh, if not the worst, one of the top bottom three. Yeah, it's them and the Bears. So can Carolina sweep Atlanta? That remains to be seen. Um, what do we expect from the Buccaneers? Could the Panthers steal one there? This is a team that is at least a head coach that is desperate to get uh, to get some wins because he's on the hot seat. So you look at that schedule, you get the crossover with the NFC West, so that's not uh, all that enjoyable there. Uh, for uh, for the Carolina Panthers, but there's some possibilities there. Do you think this team, Carolina, can surpass their win total of six and a half? Yeah, I think they could be a seven-win team. I think that's the right mark for them. And if we remember last season, this team started 3-0 and yep. when they got good quarterback play. Okay, Sam Darnold for the first three games last season was pretty darn good. Remember, he was rushing for touchdowns as well, and we're like, whoa, who's this guy? Uh, so they started out, granted, there were three bad teams that they played against, right? It was like the Texans, the Jets. So we, we have to take it for a grain of salt. But but I think that they are capable. You mentioned the Falcons on the schedule. With Baker Mayfield, I do think, and a healthy Christian McCaffrey. We have to if remember he can that. Stay healthy. If he can stay healthy. I do think that the weapons are there offensively, that this team can go about this schedule navigated it enough to win seven games. Yeah, not a team that I necessarily want to jump in on the tote on the win total, but I, I wouldn't play under. I do think this team is better. Uh, like I mentioned, I'm very high on the Saints. Uh, played their win total over eight and a half. Uh, missed a good number. It opened seven and a half, so mm. I, I missed that number. Uh, played them to win the, the division at plus 325. But yeah, I think this team, if Iki Aquanu, uh can become, I mean, he is already going to be a big-time run blocker. Yep. If he could become a solid pass blocker and hey welcome to the NFL you get Miles Garrett in week 1 um you know we'll see i mean a lot of a lot of questions in the uh you know in that on that Panthers roster of who's going to step forward you know DJ Moore uh Aaron's favorite player there he a Terp uh can he keep playing well Terrence Marshall first round or was he a second round pick uh, a couple years ago so uh, they're an intriguing team no doubt about it uh this year all right let's jump to baseball real quick and uh, just what we're seeing from a couple teams, and I want to start with the Cardinals. They seem like they do this every year, Scott. It doesn't matter who the manager is, who's mm-hmm. on that roster. This is what they ultimately do. But is the pool hole stretch, I don't think is sustainable. Yeah. Uh, seven home runs in how, how many games? Like 11? I mean, it's, it's in the last 12 calendar days. Yeah, it's, so. it's ridiculous. <laughs> Jordan Montgomery, 25 and two-thirds. Uh, one run allowed in his four starts as a Cardinal. Second pitcher in baseball history, or in the modern era, to go 4-0 with no more than one run allowed in his first four starts with a team. The uh, only other pitcher to ever do that, Fernando Valenzuela, back in 1981 with the Dodgers. So when you look at this team right now, this this Cardinals team that is that is red hot, you know, at DraftKings at this point in time, they're 12-1 to to win the pennant. Is this team capable of 
because they're going to win the division. Yep. Um, it seems, unless we see a miracle comeback. The problem is they will not get a bye. Uh, mm-hmm. they're, they're nine games back of the Mets. They're 14 back of the Dodgers. So they're going to be playing the worst wild card team, which very well could be the Brewers or it could be the Padres. So it's not going to be, certainly won't be a cakewalk. So there's no, uh, you know, advancing with ease, right? No buy. But at, at what point, in your opinion, maybe you're already there, are you buying in on this Cardinals team that they are capable of making a run in October? Uh, I, I, I think they're capable of winning that first series. I will say that. I think they're capable of winning that wild card series. But when it comes now to um, advancing beyond that. Because they'd probably get the Mets. Yes, and you're talking about facing DeGrom and Scherzer in four of the seven games, which is going to be a very difficult task. Uh, I think both teams are are comparable in terms of the bullpen, right? You know, Hensley's been just as good as Edwin Diaz has, and offensively they have two MVP candidates in Goldschmidt and Arenado. Uh, So I do think that the Cardinals are a formidable foe, but if you're asking me which team I would take in that series, I would take the Mets backing their pitching staff. Now, granted, if the Cardinals do win, Mm -hmm. because I'm going to be on whoever plays the Dodgers in the NLCS. I'm going to fade the Dodgers in the NLCS. Why? Because I don't think that... The price will be too high? The price will be too high, and I don't think the pitching holds up in the postseason. Pitching's been great during the regular season, but... Tyler Anderson against Max Scherzer. Julio Urias against Jacob DeGrom. Craig Kimbrell cannot be trusted in the back end of the bullpen. I think there's a lot of flaws with the Dodgers pitching staff that will be that will come out in high leverage moments in October. So just taking a it's look. It's easy to cruise through a regular season. Sure. We've seen teams, seen the Dodgers do it countless times. But in high leverage moments in October, I don't know if the Dodgers have the pitching to do it. So right now, Scott, the Mets, they lose tonight to the uh, Yankees. Mm-hmm. Mets off a loss. Right? Mets off a loss. 34-10, and 10, best record in baseball. The Braves, the Braves beat the Pirates. Mm-hmm. Both their schedules are pretty manageable. They have a three-game series against each other. So the Mets right now have the second easiest remaining schedule in Major League Baseball. What do the Braves have? have Braves have the sixth. Okay, so they're both pretty manageable. Mm -hmm. Um, How confident are you the Mets up three games right now win this division? I think they will win the division because I think when it comes down, these two teams play each other three times yep. at the like the second to last series of the year. September 30th through the second. Yeah, I think the Mets will go into that series with more than a three-game lead. Mm. So I think they'll be protected. And the Mets, I believe, close out with Washington. So even if they need a clinch, they get <laughs> the lonely uh, Washington Nationals to close it out there. Uh, the Braves do finish up on the road at Miami. All right. Going to get back to college football. Week zero is less than a week away. Our next guest, I'm sure, has a couple games that he's fired on. We'll also take a look at some of his future plays. That is Colin Wilson from the Action Network. He will join us next. That's Scott Seidenberg. I'm Tim Murray. Two hours in the books. More to come right At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off, grand slam, or a base hit to center field. 
Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts.